Good morning, everybody. This is Midweek Motivation Live. I am your host, Patrick Lee. Today, we're going to be reading The Christmas Story. It's uh, about three days before Christmas. Last broadcast before Christmas, we're going to read The Christmas Story today out of the Message Bible. I think you're going to find it enjoyable. I hope you get something out of it. And we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. This is your host, Patrick Lee. Adjust the camera here just a little bit. Uh, it's cutting off a little bit at the top of my head. I still have all of my hair, so I need to keep that, make sure that all of y'all see that on camera. <laughs> I was I was visiting with some, some agent friends uh, in a transaction yesterday, and um, he commented on my daughter's hair. She recently had her hair colored. It's a beautiful purple color and he was jealous of her hair and he is he is bald and he had said his hair most of his hair fell out and i said well when you get to be older like us your hair does one of two things it either turns gray or it turns loose and his it apparently turned loose as most of the men in my family's has but i'm not going to mention them but i still have all of my hair just like my father i am sort of my dad's little twin so my dad passed away at about 82 years old with a full head of hair. So I am believing God that I will keep mine as well. Good morning, Pete. Other people tuning into the show today. I love that. And um, today I wanted to do something a little different. You know, Midweek Motivation Live, I dressed up a couple of years ago. I had just started the show two and a half years ago. And I did the Charles Dickens look and we had the candles burning and a little backdrop and the and the overcoat and the top hat. And uh, I just, <laughs> yes, DNA, <laughs> DNA hair strong, baby. That's me. Uh, strong roots on, on the hair. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, but today I wanted to do something a little a little different. I've told you we have guests that are coming and I, I have been in contact with some of the new guests. We're going to be doing some interviews and some chats on the show in the future. Um, today, with this being the last show of the year, um, last show before Christmas, I wanted to read you all the Christmas story. And this may be something a little different for the Patrick Lee Show, right? The Midweek Motivation Live. But motivating you to success in every area of life. I believe that being motivated about Christmas, maybe some of you that don't watch the show don't really know. Hey, Pat, from heading down I-24, heading south, good to see you on here today. Pat Brown, my brother from another mother. Love you, man. Um, so I wanted to read the Christmas story. I don't know if y'all grew up with this, but I, I grew up listening to the Christmas story, of course, in church. Um, and, and hearing all of the stories from my mom and dad and the preachers and after they would read the story, you know, all of the kids would go up front and I grew up in a little country church. And after the reading of the story, they would hand out gifts to all of the children, a little, little brown bag, um, of gifts for all the children. And in those days you will find this today, we, it's so commercial 
it seems different, but in, in that little brown bag, there would be a, an orange or a tangerine, a couple of walnuts or pecans in the shell, a candy cane, a small peppermint candy cane, and possibly some wrapped candy, some Christmas candy, the little hard striped candy. And that would be the little gift bag that all of the children would get. And we, I remember at five or six years old, I couldn't wait to get home because at our house, we had a little bowl with a nutcracker set on it. And I don't mean the little nutcrackers as we see them now, like the, the, the ballet, the nutcracker. Um, it's the little metal pliers that you use. It's a nutcracking set. And it was a treat for us to get walnuts or pecans in the shell and, and go home and get dad's nutcracker. And we'd crack open those walnuts and eat that it from inside. And to me, that was more fun or getting that orange. And it, it, it's, it was just a different time. It was a simpler time back then. And we'd read the story. We would get that gift and we would go home um, and we would crack those nuts and eat that candy. And we had a great memory. And it was just, those were times the Christmas season was a time of great memories for me. I came from, I'm the fourth of five children, and I've shared with you in the past, we didn't have a lot of money, and treats like this were something special to us, but the Christmas season was always made to make us feel closer to God, closer to family. Uh, it was just a special time for us. So I grew up having these memories of all of these stories, and throughout the Bible, there are numerous stories um, that, that coincide with the birth of Jesus. And we would always end up having a Christmas play. The youth would always be in the play and I was always in the Christmas play. I don't think I ever got to be, um, a wise, I may have been a wise man. I know I'm pretty sure I was a shepherd and I'm pretty sure at one time or another, I was probably a sheep. Um, so <laughs> I was always in the Christmas play and many of you have been as well. Uh, but today I wanted to read you the Christmas story. My daughters and my wife gave me a message Bible called the Message Bible Remix uh, by Peterson years ago. And there are many times when I remember these stories that were read to me. I grew up in, in the Church of God and it was the King James Bible or no Bible. That was the only Bible. If you didn't read it out of the King James, you're you're going to hell. So... Um, I have grown since then. Thank you, Jesus. I have grown since then. And there are many translations that that I can glean knowledge from, that I can get a better understanding from. And uh, the Message Bible is one of those. I like the Amplified Bible, and I, I like the New King James Bible. Um, there are a couple translations we can talk about in on another show that that remove verses from the Bible. And we don't I don't necessarily want to read out of any of those if they have changed or removed God's holy word. Uh, but the Message Bible has given me joy. I like how it how it says some things, how it tells some stories. And I wanted to read, I wanted just to read the simple Christmas story in Luke um, about the coming of Jesus. And that's that's found in Luke uh, chapter two, verses one through twenty. And before I do that, I'm going to tell you just a little bit of the the pre-story of that, and that is the birth or the coming of John as well, that gives credence to the story of Jesus. And that's found in, in the previous um, chapter in Luke chapter 1. Um, when Elizabeth was 
full term in her pregnancy. And this is verse 57, 157. Um, when Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. Now, Mary and her husband, Zachariah, didn't give birth till this son until they were well up in their either 80s or 90s. We believe they were that old. And a little bit of the backstory about this, they Mary was barren, had never been able to have a child. Zechariah did not speak, and he was a priest, and he would burn incense over the altar in the temple. And an angel of the Lord came to him, or the voice of God came to him one day and told him he was going to bear a son. And Zechariah said, this is not possible. Uh, we have tried for years and years, and we are well past the age of bearing children. And the angel told him not to worry about that, that he would bear a son. His wife, Elizabeth, would wear it, bear a son. And when he was born, he would be called John. He went home and told Elizabeth, and Elizabeth received word as well that she would bear a, um, a child. Angel of the Lord came to her, and she said, This is not possible. I am well past the age of children. And he said, You will bear a son, and his name will be John. And he will foretell of the coming of the Messiah. And when they gave birth to John... Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and were calling him Zachariah after his father because it was the history in those times. You would name the child after one of your family names. But they said that his name would be John. His mother intervened and said, no, he is to be named John. But they said, no one in your family is named that. They used sign language to ask Zachariah what he wanted him named because Zechariah did not speak. Asking for a tablet, Zechariah wrote, his name is to be John. That took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed by another surprise. Zechariah's mouth was now open, his tongue loosened, and he was talking and praising God. A deep reverential fear settled over the neighborhood, and in all that Judean hill country, people talked about nothing else. Everyone who heard about it took it to heart, wondering what will become of this child. Clearly, God has his hand in this. Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago through the preachings of his holy prophets. Deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand Mercy to our fathers, as he remembers to do what he said he'd do, what he swore to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp, so we can worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. Present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins, through the heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way one foot at a time down the path of peace. Pretty great words for a man who hadn't spoken for so long. How about that? This child grew up healthy and spirited. He lived out in the desert until the day he made his prophetic debut in Israel. 
And now the story of the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went up from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to be uh, to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room, and the Message Bible calls it the hostel, or we would call it a hotel or a traveling inn. We've heard this in the past. We've heard the story. The angel of the Lord came to Mary and told her that she would give birth to the Savior. And she said, this is not possible as I have not known a man. She told her not to fear that that God, the Spirit of the Lord, would come upon her and she would give birth to this child. The angel also had to come and speak to Joseph, her betrothed or her fiancé, because it would not be acceptable for him to marry a woman who was going to give birth to another man's son or child. Um, and he initially sought to put her away privately or silently, as the word says. But the angel also came, the Spirit of God came and spoke to Joseph and said, Don't fear, this is, this is the child of God. And so the rulers in the country at that time, of course, had heard that a Messiah would be born. They really, kind of a backstory on that, they wanted everyone to go to their hometown so they would know for this census when, if this child was to be born of, of the lineage of David, they would have everyone in, the, in Bethlehem, the city of David, and they could try to find out who this Messiah was. A little bit of story for that. So when they came to the inn, the hostel, Yes, Pastor Jordan says he stayed at a few of those hostels. We had one in my hometown in, in Bandon, Oregon. It was a small um, little room. They turned it into a traveler's hostel down in Old Town, and it literally was like a bunkhouse. You could rent a room, and you basically had a bed, and you could share that bed with, with uh, multiple people that were travelers, and you had one or two communal bathrooms, and people would share the bathroom. Kind of cool. But when they got there, of course, we know the story. There was no room for them in the inn, right? So the innkeeper let them stay in the stable. Now, the stables in Israel or in, in Bethlehem were not like a barn like you and I would know. It's a, it's a cave, basically underground. The animals were kept underground in these cave systems. And um, it was filthy. It's where the animals stayed. And we, the story says that you'd find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And, and in our Christmas story, in our church play, baby Jesus was wrapped in beautiful white sheets and laying in a manger full of fresh hay, which was like a, a place to hold the hay where it's nice and clean and it's fresh flakes of hay like you would buy down at the feed store to feed your animals. But but it's it's not. This is Bethlehem. This is hand-hewn hay that's thrown in piles and it's in a manger. This is basically, it's a feed trough. It's where they would feed the animals and they would throw hay in there. A lot of times it's just a stone 
uh, trough or a rough wooden trough very near the ground for the animals to eat out of. So it's filthy and they try to keep it as clean as possible. But that is the place where she had the child. She wrapped him in the blanket and laid him in the manger because there was no room. Back into verse number eight. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep, and suddenly God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. I kind of would be too. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. At once, that angel was joined by a huge angelic chorus singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds called, talked about it and said, let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed, but Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, and it turned out exactly the way they had been told. I'm going to go on to share a little bit that most people don't share after this story. And it's a little bit of foreshadowing of the future of Jesus, our Savior. When the eighth day arrived... This is Luke chapter 2, verse 21. When the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus. Now, we, we call him Jesus. I have friends, family members, people I know who say, hey, his name isn't Jesus. His name is Yeshua. I understand that in Hebrew. This is the English translation of the Bible. His name was Jesus. And... Uh, on the eighth day when he was circumcised, his name wasn't Jesus. It was Yeshua. That's okay. This is how we understand it translated into our language, into English, okay? This is the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God. And also to sacrifice a pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he also entered the temple. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God and said, 
God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. A God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words, and Simeon went on to bless them and said to Mary, his mother, This child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel. A figure misunderstood and contradicted the pain of a sword thrust through you. But the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. A little foreshadowing of who Jesus was and what he came to do. So Jesus came to be born as it was prophesied before. A little more of that story when Zachariah and Elizabeth became pregnant with John, Mary traveled and met her. And when she did, Elizabeth rushed to her and had heard that she was going to have this child. And her baby, John, leapt in her womb as he came near Mary. How special is that? They knew that the coming of the Messiah was near. So the prophecies were fulfilled. Jesus was born in the manger. Jesus was pierced with a sword through his side when he was on the cross, a sword tip of a spear, trying to make him die faster. But the story at this season is of his coming but the true miracle was when he left us and he passed and died for our sins. He arose on the third day. And when his mother raced to the tomb he had been buried in, she found that the stone had been rolled away. And an angel of the Lord was there and said, he's not here. He's arisen. So at that point, Jesus had went to hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and then came back and was seen by many people before he ascended into heaven. There, he makes a place for you and I to go and meet him, those who believe in him. I choose to believe from the very beginning that Jesus' birth was prophesied, that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus did die for my sins and yours as well. And those of you who believe in him, as I do, will see him again. And what a glorious day that will be. So we celebrate the season of Christmas now, the birth of Jesus. But the true miracle isn't of his birth. It's of his resurrection. And that, my friends, I think is the real reason for the season. Jesus died for our sins and made a way for us to be with him forever in eternity and with those of us that have gone on before us those uh, that we that we love and miss uh, and that my friends is the story from the message bible the christmas story there are many other stories that that are usually added on to that but this is the main the main part of the story i wanted you to hear this season and i hope this motivates you leads you to a closer walk with 
Christ, maybe a new walk with Jesus. Believe the story. If you believe in me at all, believe in the story of Jesus and that he did come, was born on this earth. And it's not about the day that we celebrate his birth. Many people say that Christmas Day is not Jesus' actual day, but it's the day that we choose to celebrate his birth. And isn't that what this season is about? The celebration of his birth, his coming to man. That's the story for the season. And Jesus is the true reason for the season, not the commercialism, not the gifts. We give gifts to each other out of love for each other as the shepherds and the wise men came and gave gifts to Jesus. So it's not about the gifts. It's not about all of the trappings and the decorations and the lights. We put a lot of extra lights on our house this year to make our neighborhood look festive, but it's not about the lights. We decorated the tree really well this year, but it's not about the tree. And we have gifts under the tree for our family and friends. We've had people over to exchange gifts and we are still exchanging gifts through the season, but it's not about the gifts. It's about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Until next season, this is Patrick Lee saying this has been Midweek Motivation Live. I love in each and every one of you. Thank you for the compliments on my shirt, Cody. I appreciate that. Sabby, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that. People come in and watch the show from all over. And uh, Pastor Frank, love that. Gary, good to see you on here. People commenting all over. Pat, good to see you listening to the show. Um, look forward to having you on soon. Just for those of you that don't know, Pat Brown, a great friend of mine, is going to be a guest on the show here soon. And uh, we'll we'll have him on here. You'll get to hear from him as well. That will be a great show. Until next uh, next week, next show, this has been Patrick Lee saying, oh, wow, wait, last comment. Love this. James says, Jesus didn't need any of the gifts. It's not about the gifts, exactly, but the heart from which they come, the fact that they came to worship. Great comment, James. Love that. Good brother there. Good, good brother right there, James. Thank you, everyone, for watching the show. Until next time, this has been Patrick Lee saying, comfort, uh, courage begins at the end of your comfort zone. So y'all get outside that comfort, comfort zone and uh, go out and be courageous. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.